You're now tuned in to Boys Don't Lie, the podcast with Owen Burke, Ashe, and Samari Sanchez. This is the first episode, guys. We're, 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 we're finally doing this. Pilot finally season. in this thing, man. Let's go, man. Pilot season. So we're going to give you guys two pilots, just some test trials, basically, for us. Some uh, what we can work on, basically, with the editing and stuff like that. Trying to get everything uploaded to SoundCloud, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, you guys want to talk about, you know, yourselves, put your put your stuff out there and go tell people about you. I mean, I'm pretty sure all my stuff is the same. Uh, my Instagram and Twitter are both Owen underscore Burke, B-E-R-K, just like my last name spelled. And then, uh, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. I'm glad we got it done. I'm glad we're here. Glad we're getting recording. And I'm ready to ride this thing to the moon. Let's so, go. Let's get it. Let's go to the moon. All right, then we have Samari. Um, yeah, like Owen already said, it's a blessing to be here. It's been a long, long journey to make sure we've actually held ourselves accountable enough to be able to put this together. This is not just something that just was like, oh, woke up one morning, let's get this done. No, this has definitely been months in preparation, and here we are finally delivering. So enjoy. Of course, we want obviously some really honest and you know straightforward feedback however in saying that don't be on no you know halfway house you gonna either keep it a buck or just don't say nothing about it at all if you're gonna try and you know put your little excessive two cents worth in thanks and we're gonna try to keep pg yeah for the families out there yeah we'll do our best not to catch i'm sorry mom it's tough we're gonna we don't have to censor, but we're going to get it done. We did it before, we'll do it again. So. Yeah. This is yeah. true. It's just... This is true. Having to, like... I guess, like, having, like, the freedom to know that you can, but, like, having to, like... Yeah. Especially when we start talking about music, bro. That's going to be the hardest part. Like, I mean, not were, trying to... We were doing the music test. Yeah. We were doing the test, and I was talking... Yeah. And I just looked it twice. Yeah, just... Yeah, bro. But, all right, so we're going to... So we're going to split it off by two things today. But we're going to talk about sports first. Uh, let Owen lead that and then we're going to talk about albums later we're just going to give our top 10 albums of 2020 just to get you know some type of topic started and then as the show goes on probably about episode one about a week or two from now we'll we'll know where we're going in the chapter we'll add more to it but uh, like I said this is just a pilot we're just getting you know things started so yeah we're trying to get in here test everything out make sure the equipment sounds good we sound good and that you guys like the product. So like we said, no kizzy. We gonna be plugging this thing everywhere, all yeah. over all three of our social medias. Um, so I mean if you have a suggestion, just let us know. Like, I mean, if there's something that you guys like, hey, I think this would be really cool to hear, let us know, man. I mean, if we like it, it's going on. I mean, that's we got full We'll definitely control. go ahead and cover that yeah. information. And we wanna get as much fan feedback as possible. So my all my social medias is my name. It's A U H S H A Y. For the new listeners that we probably will gain from the Spotify and the Apple Apple Podcast, um, you know. It's yeah, you almost said Apple Music, man. I that's keep, a whole I different. That's a whole different like brand. That's crazy. Yeah. Genius. Right. Started it off, man. What were we talking about first? So I mean, it's been a while since I've been able to talk with a microphone in front of my face about anything. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a plenty of stuff I could talk about, but I mean, obviously, you got to start up somewhere. Top, the biggest ticket before we before we go before we go longer. I, I I wanted to say this. Shout out to that boy Raymond, man. The the cover art Facts, is 
This is just, it's just tremendous, bro. Something about constantly just, outdoes himself, honestly. We keep going, bro. He's been going with me since Teenage Radio, and it just never stops, bro. And, like, he's doing his own thing right now. I mean, he helps us out. I mean, time and time again, he's came through for us and helped us out with our visuals and stuff like that. So, I mean, if y'all like Rocket League, he streams almost every day. And I know Twitch. he streams. He streams a lot more other stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's Ray underscore the dude, Ray dude. I think it's like Ray. Yeah, right. I can't remember. I'll make sure I figure it out before we're done with sports. So I'll let y'all know. But make sure you tune in with that man because he loves what he does yeah. just as much as we do. So, yes, sir. So make sure you tap in with him because he's got a lot of good stuff going too. So what you got for us? Oh, what's the first topic we're talking about here? So we definitely gonna start up top with the big ticket thing, and that's got to be the Super Bowl. I mean, the granddaddy of them all, mm-hmm. Super Bowl fifty five. Yep, fifty five. I always lose track. It seems like it's just another Super Bowl. Yeah, it's it's crazy to say that though, because in America, obviously, that's like one of the biggest, but sporting outcasts to showcase that talent. But it's weird though, in saying that, because I was literally just seeing an article the other day that basically was just like, because of you know, COVID, everything, it just was not the same this year. No, it wasn't. It's I mean, everything's different. That's all sports when it comes. NBA, MLB, even like like wrestling's been hit pretty decently. UFC is a lot weirder because yeah. those guys don't keep themselves as well censored as we do in here. Those guys, yeah, like they be going jab. at it. Yeah. They like to jab with their hands and their mouth. So it's it's a different experience to not be not to have crowds anywhere. So, but I mean, with the Super Bowl, I think it was a little surprising to everyone involved. Um, I figured the Bucks were going to have their way with the Chiefs' offensive line with how banged up they were. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be as bad. Or maybe I thought just Patty would handle it better. I mean, no, yeah, you can't say – and I know that there's a ton of Patty haters that are out there that are like, let's pump the brakes on Patrick Mahomes. He's not as good as we think. No. If anything, I'm, I'm, I'm twice as much on the train as I was before, and I was already conducting the train. Yeah. Like, there is no – and I love Lamar Jackson. That's both of our quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But, like – there's never going to be a sentence that you can say with him that's out, like not including his running skills that you're not going to have to put Patrick Mahomes in front of him in that conversation. Like, okay. I hate it because I want my guy to be the best, but it's just not possible. And then if you look at the stats, he was 26 of 49, 270 yards, had two, two, two interceptions. Like, I'm curious how many drops they had because there was – Yeah, there was a bunch. And it's so – you know, you feel like you're talking up this guy like, you know, yeah. this guy gets enough praise, but – I mean, you see the incompletions this man's throwing, the drop passes. Like, he ran 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage, which is the most they've ever tracked since they started tracking that like 10, 15 years ago. So that means when he snaps the ball and his three-step drop or if he has to evade a defender, he ran 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage just trying to get away from Bucks defenders. And I think that's the thing is, like, you think about that 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 single play of him falling to the ground, throwing the ball. Sidearm like, and just yeah. right to the face mask, the dude drops it. And you're trying – you're just thinking to yourself, like, you can't really help him much more than he already has. So, but, like, at the same time, I think we talked about it. And, Owen, you said that basically – that the Chiefs would be down because of their playoff and like what I mean with their old line being down. Yeah. And that was a big thing. Like you you should, like he could not throw the ball. Jack Barrett was in his grill all night long. And they no couldn't fan. and they could not run. They couldn't run, and then the, after that, you look at it, their throwing game, you can't get Kelsey and Tyreek going if you can't move it's and purely yeah. one dimension yeah. at that point. They're just gonna 
they're sitting back with a four-man rush, and that's the thing, and that's what kills teams. If you can send a four-man rush and get pressure before you can get a three-step drop-off, yeah. the QB screwed. That's another reason why Lamar lost in Buffalo against the Bills is because yeah, you take a three-step drop and Jerry Hughes is in his mouth because we have Tyree Phillips starting a left tackle who's mm-hmm. a rookie in for Ronnie Stanley. So I I thought something like that was going to happen. And I think if the Chiefs wide receivers brought their hands to the game, it would have been a little bit different. I still think it probably would have been like 31, like 21. Right, yeah. But I feel like there was a couple touchdowns and a couple big plays that like just hit – Guys in the face masks and the hands and the chests that they just didn't haul in. I mean, you got. I'm looking at the numbers now, and I never really got to look at the numbers, but Tom Brady was 21 or 29. Tom Brady was in his bag. Three touchdowns, bro. In his bag. And the run game was there, too. (laughs) 16 carries for Leonard Fournette, 89 yards and one touchdown. Gronk had eight, six, uh, uh, six receptions, 20. Bro, look at this. Six receptions, 67 yards, two touchdowns. He was, I mean, that's the old reliable duo, man. Yeah. When crunch time happens and you need a guy to go to. Two tutties. Throwing to two you? tutties. I was saving them for the Super Bowl. Exactly. They <laughs> he got he was nowhere. Network. AB turned up, too. Yeah. AB, AB had turned one. out to be a very reliable target. AB did everything wrong and got right. Yeah. So I mean, the thing with that offense is that it's just. There's but, just, like, there's people forget that when we were watching this whole thing unfold with Brady going to the Broncos. I mean, the Buccaneers, my bad. When we were watching him go to the Buccaneers, that this team was built to beat the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. It, didn't go, it didn't go so good during the regular season. But as time went on and as time prevailed, it showed that this team was – it just was an older group. It's basically the old Avengers versus the new Avengers. Yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay just – they had an offense that could actually go to battle with Kansas City. It's very weird to see – a wide receiving core that's better than Kansas City. Yeah, I think Tampa yeah. Bay's got the best receiving core in the league because you put Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both have to be top fifteen, and mm-hmm. I think Mike Evans is probably top ten. Yeah, and then AB. See, I mean, I wouldn't put him that far up there, but he seems to extremely. I mean, he produces well with Tom Brady as his quarterback, yeah. and we all know how Gronk is. When he turns up, he turns up. I mean. If Gronkowski shows up to the game, that's just one other thing you got to worry about. Yeah. It's the same thing with the run game, too. I mean, if Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones show up, I mean, have fun because the second you stop the run, Brady's going to hit you over the top. And Mike Evans already says that he's on the way of just stopping, taking a pay cut so he can bring that team back. And and that right there is the testament of somebody that's lost a lot in his career and is ready to win. Yeah, he's like, I'll lose some money. I'm trying to win some games. Cause Who's do you know? Do we know who Brady's backup is? I believe Blaine Gabbert is the backup. Uh, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, I think yeah. he's only on a one year. But I saw this conspiracy thing the other day that like people that go through Jacksonville, whenever they leave, they usually end up going to win a Super Bowl. Like, um, who was like? Well, Blaine Gabbert was there. Byron Leftwich played for the Jags for a while. And then um, there was a couple other guys. Leonard Fournette was a jag at one point. But it's just like you look at the way that the team's put together. You have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You have Ronald Jones. You get Leonard Fournette after he's cut. You bring in Tom. You bring in Gronk for a fourth rounder. And you got you picked up. You pick uh, up Brady. You pick up AB out of free agency. 
And now all of a sudden with Scotty Miller as your other slot receiver, you're four deep at wideout. You have O.J. Howard still at tight end. You're too deep there. You're too deep at running back. You have the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I, yeah, the Sean I forget McCoy they have O.J. Howard. Sean McCoy yeah. has played in both Super Bowls. He got yeah. a ring this year and last year, and he did not take a snap in either game. Yeah. Professor Finesse, that, that man got two rings and did not play. Uh, what, what's a snap? What's uh the rookie that played for the 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 Raptors and uh, the Warriors? Oh, um, uh, uh, McCaw. Yeah, Patrick yeah. McCaw. Yeah, that's, that's true, man. I mean, and it's just stuff like that. So I think I was surprised that it was that bad, but I was assuming that something along those lines is going to happen with how banged up their offensive line. It's okay though. Like, like this is what I want to say. As much as I am a Kansas City Chief hater, I want the Kansas City Chiefs fans to know, like, this is not going to be your downfall. No. You're going to have a couple more with this dynasty. I mean, his, you have the best quarterback in the league, and like I'm—I mean, not obviously not if he retired now, but if he plays somewhat like this for the next ten years, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, there's wow. there's never been anybody more talented. Like I don't think people realize like mm-hmm. like Patrick Mahomes is the best QB in the game. He is number one. Like I don't—he can—he played horrible in the Super Bowl. If you look at the numbers, like I mean, he had two sixty yards, two interceptions. Just above sixty percent completion, he did not have a good game. It's, Going into this year, this he is, is still the best quarterback in the league. I don't care. I agree, but my biggest thing is, is I feel like we give him this like this hope and stuff like that. But I feel like he could have like one of those like D Rose things, or like if he has an injury or something happens to him, it's like oh, we wish he would have been better. Yeah, his talent level right now is. Absolutely unreal. But it's like you I don't want him to get to that part where he's at the climax now and then everything just goes down because so much is on the line for him. Like, and I don't think it will. I think three years from now they'll be a little bit in trouble because Brett Veach has been very, very leisure with Kansas City's yeah. cap space. Because in like four years, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and Tyreek Hill is gonna take up like a third of their cap room. Yeah, that's all that. yeah. And it's very hard to win. Asked Baltimore after they won their Super Bowl in 2011-2012. We signed Joe Flacco to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league, and he couldn't put anybody around him. Torrey Smith had to be let go. Anquan Bolden let, left. Uh, Smith. Dennis Pitta got hurt and couldn't play. Ray Rice had his controversy a year or two after that. And just that's why Baltimore missed the playoffs for four years straight. And that's also how they got Ronnie Stanley at the same time. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, it's... It's a roller coaster of ups and downs, and I think the Kansas City's got a lot more up in the next ten years than they have down. So, yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. But if you want to talk about a lot of downs and a lot of downhill on the roller coaster, <laughs> I'll tell you, man. Houston just seems like every time they like they drop ten feet down off the roller coaster, and then they kind of level out, and then they drop twenty. Because I saw some thirty. Started with the Astros or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something with that, Their and then it went in. I would say this, and you know, my 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 little brother's probably going to listen to this and not agree with me, but I don't think that losing Russ was a, a an L for them. For the Rockets, yeah. For the deal they got, no, I wouldn't say so because John Wall is younger. He has more experience with Boogie. And but he, then again, and, and Russell wanted out. That was the main yeah, thing. Yeah, he, he just wasn't there no more. The same thing yeah. with James. Like once James decided he wanted to leave, they both wanted. Yeah, I mean that was that. So the city of Houston is just down bad, just down horrendous, honestly. Because you want to talk about football and the Texans, this whole Deshaun Watson thing is 
Absolutely ridiculous. I just feel bad for him. I like do. you look at you look at the you look at the clip that they keep playing on like social media with him and JJ Watt coming off the field and stuff, and JJ's like, you know, we wasted one year and stuff. Yeah, did, but like I mean, because people don't realize like he had an MVP caliber year. They went four and twelve. Yeah. He had the best season of his career. Statistically, he beat every stat category that he's had. It was his best year in yeah. every single category along the way. More yards, more touchdowns, less interceptions, better completion percentage. I mean, he was all there, and they went four and twelve. They went twelve and four with him before. I just this is what I'm scared to happen, and like I don't want to put that on him, like no bad spirits and that, but like I'm scared that he's gonna go somewhere like a like he said he wants to go to the Jets. Yeah, I think he said he wants to go to the Dolphins, and I just I'm scared that something like the Le'Veon effect, where Le'Veon was so good, bro, Mm -hmm. and he went to another team. It just was. Well, the only thing now there there are two different situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Deshaun is holding out because he was promised things in his contract that weren't fulfilled. Yeah, they sure. said you'll have you'll have a little bit of pull in the hiring process for head coach and GM because you're like kind of the franchise guy for us going forward. Right. He said, "I'm trying. To, I want to interview Eric Bieniemy." He's like, "I mean, I'm done. You guys do whatever you want to do. It's it is your job and your decision to find a replacement." But I like Eric Bieniemy a lot. Yeah. And they went out and interviewed literally everyone on the market except for Eric Bieniemy. Like that is straight disrespect. And I get it. The Chiefs are late in the season. They can't hire Bieniemy because he's got to coach the Super Bowl. But talk to him. And I mean, if you talk to a guy and he's like, I mean, I'm just shocked that Eric Bieniemy didn't get a job. Well, yeah, and we remember we were talking about it with Tyler, and he makes a good point. Like, if Bieniemy's the best coordinator in the league, and this guy's the second best, the second best guy plays for the Jags. They got bounced from the playoffs. You can interview him and hire him week one of the playoffs, the wild card round. While you got to wait to the Kansas City game, you got to wait to the Super Bowl or after to yeah. talk to Eric Bieniemy. You may lose out on that best guy, and if Eric Bieniemy decides he wants to stay in Kansas City or go somewhere else. Now you lost out on the second best guy because you were trying to hold out for the first. The right. Best guy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a it's an issue, but I'm willing to take that risk. After having Bill O'Brien as my head coach for six years, I'll take two years of having another bad coach to truly get the one, yeah. not to get some guy that's going to take you to eight and eight every year and you're not going to go anywhere. So I mean, and everyone said Deshaun's being a diva, and like I said, if it was him holding out for more money. Or if it was anything else, but I think he's completely justified with what's happened. And I think it's even more frustrating that JJ's like, I am 33, I kind of want to play for a winner. And they're like, okay, we'll just release you immediately. Like, I yeah. mean, I feel like they definitely could have traded. I feel like, but I probably feel like they they felt like they owed more to JJ just because he's like, he's been there. I agree. I agree. You do yeah. owe more to JJ, but who's going to give back to you right now? That's why I just don't understand the way they handled the Deshaun situation. I definitely think that I wish I could use the cuss word, but I definitely think they're doing Deshaun wrong right now, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, but like it's just like I don't know because like because like what did they say? They're like we're not going to get rid of Deshaun Watson. We do see him he's as our, our friendship. He's yeah, our quarterback for the future, and we plan to. For it to stay that way. Because you look at it, you're like, I just gave you a brand new contract that's yeah. worth a lot of money. I'm not giving you up just because you want to leave. No, he has the right to want to leave, though. You messed him up. Like, yeah, you messed that man around. So so Houston has put themselves between a rock and a hard place and then and and then some. Like, yeah. it, it's past it. 
So it's going to be very hard to get a deal out because, I mean, Matthew Stafford, Detroit got two firsts for him. He's 32 years old. Deshaun is 25, young, on a five-year deal, ready to go win a Super Bowl, honestly. So it's going to be four to five first-rounders. He's just going to have to go to a team that has some pieces. And I think I think New York is a good spot. It's not historically a good spot, but with Robert Salah there, their defense is solid. They do have some decent weapons. Brashad Perriman was very solid last year, mm-hmm. and Jamison Crowder was had a, had a great, great year as well. Year. So if they can pick up a running game, and if they trade for Deshaun Watson, I think it's a good fit as long as the ownership doesn't get too involved. Because we've seen that with some teams, like the football team with Dan Snyder, Jerry Jones in Dallas. It just seems like sometimes the owners mess up things more than they help. So yeah, I think the 49ers would be a good spot for him. Great defense, great head coach. Deshaun Watson and Kyle Shanahan's minds together would be a very, very scary thing for the entire To be honest, league. I could agree with that. Miami is another good spot. So he needs to go. I think him going to a younger coach is probably better. Um, I don't think Denver's a great spot just because I don't think their coaching is as solid. I yeah, think it would work. Core, though. I but think it would work. Their receiving just, core is disgusting. Their defense is solid. It's just, they have think a about it. Game. Think about him in Denver, bro. Think about him in Denver. Think about Patty him in Denver paying Patty twice a year, and then Patty have to go against Justin Herbert in the Chargers twice a year, bro. Yep. And it's in as and much Derek as, Carr. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's tough, bro. That's tough. That makes that division harder. It doesn't. It, it, I still think the Chiefs get out, but you're going to go against the Bron- the, the Broncos Bron- every the Broncos year. Are, the Broncos have been a quarterback away since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, sure. They've always had the defense. They always have a receiving core. It's just they've had Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon. I mean, I the list. We try to give Drew. The, we try to give Drew the benefit of the doubt. Though. I don't think Drew Locks the guy. I know, but we he try. played three good games, and all Denver fans were like, "He's the next John Elway." I was like, "It's been three games, <laughs> and you guys are currently twelve and eleven. He's playing the garbage time three games, and y'all still went one and two in that time span. I know he played well. But let's chill out." I was like, you're also playing Patrick Mahomes twice a year. There's your standard. And that kid is nowhere close to it. Yeah. So, yeah, with Houston, and, yeah. and for where J.J. Watt goes, I don't know. Pittsburgh sounds nice. He gets to play with his two brothers. I think that's that's got to always have been their dream Yeah. to play all on the same NFL team. But Pittsburgh's got to move a lot of money. I think yeah. they cleared $8 million today with a couple moves, but they're like $30 million in the hole before they even get even, even to sign yeah. someone. I seen that. My and, mom was talking to me about that. She's a Steelers fan. And New Orleans is even worse. They're like oh, seventy man. in the hole. Yeah. I saw a video the other day, and this dude went through like cutting three or four guys, trading for another guys, restructuring another six, and they're like, if they do all these things, then they'll break even. You know. Then they have. Then they can make some more moves to finally spend some. So. I think it's just it's gonna be interesting. I don't think Deshaun's gonna get dealt, honestly. It sounds like Houston is just gonna fight until the day they die to keep him there. I mean they they see the time and they see what he contributes, but, but it's not just on the field either though. He's, he's a, a great he's, kid. Yeah, he's, he's a great kid off the field, on the field. Yeah. I mean PR wise, he's, he's just, just a great person. He's a great person, a great teammate, everything you want in a young player. So I see why they don't want to give him up, but I mean you messed up. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, you just got to know how to accept your fault. That's you mess that kid around, and it's time to send him out. I don't think he'll play another game in a Houston jersey. Like, it would take something drastic. Like, 
They sign Juju and trade for Julio Jones. Then you're like, and even then, like he's going to be reluctant to come back because he's been so adamant about leaving already. You kind of mm-hmm. look soft to turn around and be like, well, you went and got super, two superstar receivers, I guess I'll play, you know? No, no so, like that. I feel like he's made his point. And they had two superstar receivers, and they let D-Hop go, and they uh, just yeah, over Didn't even get a first-round pick. Literally. They were like, David Johnson. Did him sorry. It's just, like I said, Houston just hasn't been the place to be in a while. So, What is uh, next on the scripto? Next on the docket, I want to talk about the NFL Awards show. Because there was a couple things that were a little questionable. I feel like they got a lot of things right. Um, So we'll just run through real quick. Obviously, your MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I think Josh Allen was definitely in the conversation. Yeah. And so was Derrick Henry. They both were, but ended up Aaron Rodgers coming out. I just forget because, like, I guess – I was with my stepdad, who's who's a a, a Bills fan, mm-hmm. Bills Mafia to league guys. Yeah. So I I was just thinking like, but after the end of the game, like when they lost to the Chiefs, I was like, Josh is sore loser. Yeah, he, he was frustrated. That man, they had that man frustrated, mm-hmm. and I knew that was going to happen because those teams play the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. they don't really have a run game. They have a QB with a absolute laser beam cannon for an arm and then they have two number one overall receivers they catch the ball and then they shift you for 60 yards as they go to the house yeah like that i saw that the bills i know this is kind of off subject but i saw that the bills are trying to get Najee harris and i think that's what they need bro i mean they need a solid run game i don't know if Najee harris is gonna be the guy but he can but, help them. Yeah, 100%. Anything you he can, can catch add. the ball, too. So it's because not he's a freaking yeah. They're working with TJ Yeldon and Singletary. Yeah. I'm hey, just Singletary had a crazy season, though. I give him his credit yeah. for sure. I think they just they have to find the guy going forward. Like, I think J.K. Dobbins is the guy in Baltimore going forward. Yeah, yeah. And so I think they need their guy. I know Najee Harris is an athletic freak, but Alabama running backs just – have never truly paid outside of Derrick Henry. Mark Ingram has been solid, but then you have guys like Trent Richardson. Mark, Mark Ingram's yeah. claim to fame just came so weird, though, because it was like whenever he joined the Saints, that's when it was like the one-two punch between him and Alvin, then he came to us, and it was like he had his. He had it, but then yeah, J.K. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is disgustingly good, and Gus Edwards is just, for some reason, it just defies all logic how good Gus Edwards is without really doing anything that, that's the bus. Yeah, so he's nuts. But And we got, what else? Well, uh, Walter Payton, NFL Man of the Year, is Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Makes sense. Uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. I don't think there's any question about it. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that it's weird that, like, if a guy wins MVP and it's a quarterback, why couldn't he win Offensive Player of the Year? I feel like they kind of just sh- shift it so two people can win instead of one. Yeah. Because, like, if you're truly the best offensive player, shouldn't you also be the MVP? But I mean, they try to make it "quote unquote." I'm going to say this: if so Derrick Henry, out more yes. if Derrick Henry doesn't win that, I think Stephon Diggs should be in that, bro. I don't his, know; it would have been tough. No. His year that he had, bro, like, bro, he was the number one receiver this year. Like, he like I put him at two. Up, I put him at two. Bro. I don't know, bro. Tay, hey, hey, yes, bro. he's got to be. He's really like, but there's Stephon Diggs. Those are two MVP candidate quarterbacks, yeah. and they're two number one receivers. Yeah. They're yeah. absolutely federal this year. So, I mean, Derrick Henry rushing for two thousand yards. I mean, it's only been done like six times in league history. So, and it was another Titan who did it before him. Um, CJ two K. 
Aaron Donald wins Defensive Player of the Year. I actually did have a little bit of beef with this. I'm not going to lie. I'm, he is Chase by Young? far. Question no. mark? Oh. <laughs> I think T.J. Oh, okay, Watt okay, had yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. T.J. Watt had the best yeah. year out of anybody. He had the best numbers by far, and a lot of people were rooting for him. I mean, we obviously – so it comes down to the age-old thing of, like, LeBron's the best basketball player in the league, but he probably won't win MVP this year. That's just how it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Last seven years, same way. We all know who the best basketball player is. But it all comes down to who had the best season. And to me, I know Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league currently and probably the best defensive player, one of the best of all time. But T.J. Watt had a better year. T.J. Yeah. Watt had... He, put, he did put up more consistent numbers over the I mean, tenure of his, of his season. Watt had more tackles. He had one and a half more sacks. He had six extra pass deflections. He had two less forced fumbles. And he had an interception. Aaron Donald had a fumble recovery. So, I mean, their numbers weren't too off, but TJ also played a game less. 15 sacks. 15 that sacks. Aaron Donald had 13 and a half. TJ Watt had 53 combined tackles. Aaron Donald had 45. Aaron Donald had four force fumbles. TJ only had two, but TJ had seven pass deflections to Aaron's one. Mm-hmm. Aaron had a fumble recovery. TJ yeah, had an interception. Yeah. I just feel like, like, even in the game in Cleveland where they were getting shut out in that first half, he was still trying. Like, he was still trying to get the Baker as much as he could. Yeah, T.J. Watt is a problem. Yeah. And this is coming from two Ravens fans that have to play him twice a year. He is a an animal off the edge. And the thing that makes him yeah. so good is that he's one of the best edge rushers in the league, and he can still draw back in coverage and absolutely just thrash you in zone coverage. Or if you put him in a man, as long as he's not playing against a slot receiver, like – I He's actually very decent. He wouldn't hold up against Kelsey, but I don't think anybody would. Because uh, that's he, a that's a receiver. You take him yeah. against a mid level tight end like like a David Njoku, OJ Howard, even like Austin Hooper, maybe. Like there's certain mismatches that's obviously that's what tight ends are. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Mismatch. But there's like but like yeah. the hybrid is changing. Like the tight end game is changing. Because you look at Travis Kelsey, you look at somewhat George Kittle, and now with Kyle Pitts coming in, mm-hmm. like is speed and you have to be able to go catch that ball like and that vertical time, threat like Evan Ingram. Yeah. He's a beast. Yeah, I agree. Offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. I don't um, know, bro. No. I, I think my boy I think my boy Justin, Justin. Jefferson should have got it. What comes down to it is the, yeah. it's a QB versus yep. a wide receiver. Yep. That's that's the age old question. There's only been seven times in NFL history where the MVP award has went to somebody that wasn't a quarterback, and it's never been a receiver. I know we're talking about rookie yeah. here, but it's just, I mean, same QB's thing. the most it's important just how position works. in the game. It's just it's the same thing as looking at LeBron James versus Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy's But I think player, another but thing, that the reason why they gave it to him, and you can call me how you want to say they knew they messed that man Tyrod Taylor's career uh, with this past injury with yeah. lung puncturing things. So I feel like they gave him grace by giving him that. That's just how I feel about it. Not yeah. saying he didn't put up the numbers to earn that. I just felt like that was kind of like who, who, under the table deal. Low who key. got coach of the year? Coach of the year was uh, Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. For Browns. Which I would say yeah, I, mean, I kind of agree. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, they, they turned it around. I mean, because to me, coach of the year is always – Expectation versus reality. Yeah, yeah it's for like, sure. So if someone's projected to go eight and eight and they go ten and six and make the playoffs, versus like last year, why Brian Flores won? Because the Dolphins, the first four weeks of the year, were arguably the worst team that's ever touched an infield field ever. ever. Like they were horrible, and they ended up ending four and twelve. 
Like, 4-12 is not great. That's not a winning season. That's nowhere near a good season. But Brian Flores took those boys from the worst team that's ever graced an NFL field to being 4-12. That's a huge improvement. Or, like, six wins or whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry, but that Dolphins team is nice, bro. That Dolphins team You got to think about it. Like, I was talking about I said that about that. Yeah, some key They're going to be going against the Bills. Like, the Patriots are out of that now. It's going to be the Bills Sad. and the Dolphins. I'm waiting to see, it. man. There's no way that Bill Belichick is just sitting back. Right, bro, he's not, bro. bro. I'm going to tell you what he's doing, bro. It's a rebuild season. Like, I've been telling everybody. But what he did was he took his time to actually see what he can do with a scheme fit. Cam was a scheme fit. He fed the scheme until what happened? He got COVID. It wasn't the same after that. We, we weren't able to practice for two whole weeks. Yeah. Lost back-to-back games, and after that, we just went on, like, I know up team, and down. I don't think Cam was like, a scheme fit. I think Cam was, let's give it a try and see if it works type of deal. Yeah, I, I mean, think, he changed the scheme completely. I think Cam's career is over, honestly. I think he's Sad got the talent, but the Patriots were the only team that were willing to give him a shot, and it didn't go well. So. But it wasn't his fault, though. All the preventative maintenance was there. I mean, he, you can he say- got healthy. Just he like didn't get injured, it's gonna take a different situation. But yeah. just like he, like just like you just said, it's a quarterback league. Everything that's going good for the quarterback is also going to go bad for the quarterback. So if the quarterback can't make the team win or do anything about it, it's your fault. At yeah. the end of the day, it's Cam's fault that that team didn't nice. do good. That's I mean, he took that. He took, that, he took that ownership. And he did, and that's the one thing yeah. that I have to give that man props for yeah. is because they was losing and whatever. He took it on the chin, and he didn't say anything yeah. bad. Because that's what people were worried about. When they started off bad, they were like, watch, Cam's going to start crying. He's going to want out of no, – he, he sat there and he ate it the whole year. Literally. That's you got to give that man props for that. So, uh, Defensive work of the year, Chase Young. I don't think we were surprised. No. Um, I think there yeah. was a couple guys – still need that jersey, bro. That's somewhat close to him, but at the same time – that that award was decided when he was drafted. Same yeah. thing with Nick Bosa last year. Both OSU edge rushers. The second they were drafted, we were like, "Yeah, that's gonna be the rookie of the year." I mean, there's just no way around it. That man, that man is just different. Like, he's a he's, he's a different breed. And now you have to think about that line. If Washington can get a good offense, that line with Montrez Sweat and Montrez Jonathan. Sweat, Jonathan Allen, <sighs> Matthew Ioannidis, Javon Hargrave, Chase Young. That team is disgusting going forward. Ruben Foster's in that linebacking core. They still have Ryan Kerrigan's veteran Landon presence. Collins out there. Fuller's there. Landon Collins is laying wood. Mm-hmm. Their defense is set. Like, they honestly have – and they have Ron Rivera, who's a very, very good defensive coach. Coach, yep. Yep. That's, Speaking yeah. of the football team, Alex Smith, AP comeback player of the year. He got 49 of 50 votes. Of course, there's got to be that one guy that voted for Big Ben. Ended up, <laughs> that's uh, cute. Yeah, ended up not letting him be unanimous. But, I mean, Alex Smith's story definitely was what won him that award because, eight, I mean, Big Ben had a better year, no doubt. He was coming back from injury, too. Big Ben honestly kind of deserved it, but Alex Smith wasn't supposed to walk again. Yeah. Um, and he came back and played, and he played pretty freaking well. I think – I just think that – Alex Smith is a people's person. Like, you don't want to see him fail. Because whenever I was rooting for the guy, and I still am rooting for the guy, it just was like, he came he came to Washington. He almost went and had an undefeated season. We had that three-loss that three stretch. 
And he went out, I think it was against the Falcons. It was like the way he went out. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, like you have, it, it was infected. Like it was supposed to be done. They like took he like almost got his leg amputated. Yeah. And then he was never literally. supposed to walk on that leg again. And he came out and threw for like, I think it was 2,500 yards. And if you look at the leg at the beginning of the year, you're just like, you're still looking at it. You're like, I don't think you should be I playing. Like, I don't understand how you are on a football field. It was still dip too. Cause it was like straight. It had like the little dip. And it's like, oh. you should not be playing football. Man is an Iron Man. So. I, 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 bro. Did he get cut? I think he got cut. I don't know if he did or not. I don't think he did. I would keep him around as a locker room presence if nothing else. Yeah. Like, just to have a guy with that level of I feel of like he should. I feel like after this he's year, he should probably IQ go. Tremendous he could be a QB coach. Yeah. Yeah. This, 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 he just be a if coach. he wants yeah. to go into being a coach, if he's like, I'm not ready for that stage, then I want you here to be my backup third string QB, whatever, because I think that influence on whoever they decide is the guy there is going to be huge for them going forward. Whether it's – obviously it's not Dwayne Haskins, but – whether they decide to try to stick with one of the backups that started this year, if they draft somebody free agency, Alex Smith is a guy that you want behind your quarterback. Because yeah. also, if he has to come in and play, you know you're going to get really solid play. He's going to be a game manager, and he's going to not turn the ball over, and he's going to get you up and down the field. He brought back Heineke. I mean, the kid played well, man. Yeah, he did. He definitely has. And he to bought out. In. And the thing is, he bought it out against. Brady against Brady on three days notice. Yeah, literally practice squad. Literally, twenty-seven year old kid. I mean, I think he's got to be on roster and challenging for a starting spot next year too. I don't think he's the guy going forward. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't if you don't draft the guy, I'll start him for a year. See what happens. You know, maybe he is the guy. Maybe he comes out and he just kills it. Who knows? You never know what happens until you try it. So, um, moving from there into the NBA, real quick. Uh, All-Star Weekend, obviously, coming up. Um, wanted to get your guys' opinions on whether it should happen. What do you guys think about the voting? Because I know, I mean, we've talked about it off the air before, and currently LeBron James and Kevin Durant are the two vote-getters that will be the captains from the West and East side. Um, Steph Curry is third in voting behind them with uh, Giannis being fourth and Nicol... Nikola Jokic is actually second in the West. He's for going right, you know, voting right hey, now. Hey man, he's a he's a nation. dog. He's having an MVP he's a freak of the year. Yeah, he's but he always does. It's Amazing. a very weird. You could definitely see the LA and the Golden State fan base getting their guys in because currently listed as an All Star, Andrew Wiggins and Alex Caruso. But isn't it like isn't like fifty fifty and like <laughs> whatever the co- like people it's fan vote and versus coaches. and coaches vote? Yeah. So that's why. Despite Alex Crusoe being the 10th guard in the West, he will not touch an all-star court. What's ridiculous to me is the I fact feel like that Josh should get in there, man. Fred Van Fleet is sitting at 10. Yeah, I've seen that. John Morant is at 5 in the West currently for guards. So, uh, Bam Adebayo also being at 6. That's kind of ridiculous. He's got to be higher up there. Is Zion in there? Zion yeah. is currently. Uh, for the front court in the West, you have LeBron, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins, Christian Wood, Brandon Ingram, and Carmelo Anthony. If anybody deserves to be on that court, it's Christian Wood. Christian Wood has played yeah. his butt off. He's, he's, going, he's doing great. Julius Randle, Demon, uh, Demonis Sabonis in the East. Uh, Derek Rose is currently sitting at eight in the East Guard section. Yeah, yeah he's been hooping. 
Nah, his first game with the Knicks, he was he was up there. I ain't gonna lie. He changed that number. He got himself fresh. Like he said, I'm coming back up there with a fresh Devin restart. Booker, Devin Booker and Chris Paul, bro. Walking buckets. Yeah, man. I don't know what's going on in New York. I'm kind of upset about it, but I don't think it's going to last. It's New York basketball. That's just that culture. That's I was a New York fan for six years, and the first two were good, and the rest have just been downhill. So <laughs> that's how I feel about the Bulls. It's just <laughs> it's it all starts at top. James Dolan's an idiot, and the Knicks are never going to be good <laughs> until he's gone. Hopefully, it doesn't cost me a job opportunity in the future. But I mean, that's just straight up how I feel. Yeah. So, what do we think about Atlanta taking over the All Star game? I don't. I don't think it should happen. Honestly. It's not a smart move. It's just, it's not a necessity. It's not a game. Like, if the game meant something, cool. It's a good charity event. It's great publicity for the league. I get that. But in the pandemic that we're going through, I don't think any amount of money or anything's going to do. They're smart for doing it, though, because this is what I'm going to say. I know it's not. They're smart for taking it to Atlanta, because right now Atlanta's like, it's us versus Corona. I'd say that hands first. I'm yeah. just there, but... um I don't know. I, I do agree. I don't know. Just being in State Farm and that, and that part of State Farm is just so congested, like where State Farm is, because the State Farm Arena, it's Mercedes Benz, and then right when they're having that, it's going to be a soccer game for the Atlanta United. They're in the <laughs> middle of the, the downtown, bro. Like yeah. literally, they're in the mecca of downtown. They're right there by varsities. You're like, you're by like all the hotels and stuff. Like somebody, it's going to be. Oh, it's city down there. That's, I just I don't I don't think it's a smart thing. Now in the MLB when they play the All Star game, whichever team wins gets home field advantage for their final, for the World Series. Yeah, and I think that's something that's really cool, and I think every league should do that because it's kind of I mean it makes the game worth at least a little bit of something, especially in a seven game series. Right. If you're like, well, the East won the or you know LeBron went and won the All Star game for the West over KD, so now they get four games in LA versus four games in Brooklyn for the finals. Now, granted, right now it probably doesn't make much sense because without fans, home court advantage really isn't too big of a factor. But like for a packed house, for you to be at your home court for Game Seven versus being on the road, that's yeah. huge. And to me, it gives you something to play for. For the All-Star game, because it's always the captains that want to be in the finals. I'm going to send you a clip. I want us to talk about it the next time we do the podcast. Just like like when they were in the bubble, like mm-hmm. how they had to motivate themselves and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a different, I mean, people are like, oh, yeah, oh you get paid millions of dollars to play basketball, just man up. Like, we're all human. Everybody's susceptible to their own thoughts and, and worries and fears in their heads. So, but you're I mean, in the bubble without your family yeah. and stuff like that. But you're in there trying to hoop and stuff, and it's just not the same. They're it's weird. It is different. It got to a lot of people. That's why I'm glad they did a lot of the mental health stuff that they've been doing the last couple of years because that was probably front and center when it came to the bubble and and keeping everybody's health and mental health. I mean, not to mention, I mean, the biggest thing that was going on out there with everything with the Black Lives Movement and riots and just not Uh, being able to to make social statements and stuff. So, like, I was just watching the um, uh, podcast... uh, interview the, the visual aspect of it with uh Brandon Jennings and um Ocho Cinco and they had Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf and yeah, uh, Lexi Lexi Brown. she's a she's a dog a, I just lost yeah. her name she used to play for Duke though wow I'm ashamed of myself anywho that um, is fire, though. I like they basically story. were just saying like from her perspective especially like 
being able to see some somebody in the inter- like in the NBA, for instance, I mean LeBron being the lead runner, have that you know power to be like, look, I'm coming in today to tell y'all like we're not playing, like I, I can't let y'all let us do this type of do. And the coaches were like, okay. the All Stars, yeah, it's, like it just it just shows like when you actually put yourself to like you know mentally on something and you get everybody on that one accordance, you know what I'm saying? And it's it'll weird. show itself. They're, they're talking about doing slam dunk contests and the three-point contests at halftime. And honestly, I'm okay with those contests happening because there's no contact. Like, unless you're jumping over someone or something like that. Like, the dunk contest is a you thing. Or, like, as long as you've got a different ball rack for each person, each person has their own six or they're sanitized in between or whatever. Like, that's a perfectly sanitary thing. It's an open gym. So we can do those things, in my opinion. I don't think it's weird to just try to run out the stadium for just those two events, but... I mean, that's I mean the money goes those. Straight. I mean, come on. <laughs> Would you rather watch the All Star Game or the dunk contest? It's a dunk contest, exactly. I'm doing it between halftime. Yeah, they're trying to do those two things at halftime. Half time. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what they talked about. It's, I honestly think that they should go ahead and change the uh, the interface of the, the All Star Weekend in general. They should add, you know, uh, King, King of the Court. Definitely, definitely should add that. Make it competitive. First one to eleven. You see how then, fun it is, though. Last year, when you're fighting for something, when you have a goal, when you're just, you know what I'm saying? Like, is your your? I don't know. And that's they shouts, did for, shouts to the big three because they've been doing mm-hmm, that thing for a yeah, while. For a while I, Ice Cube, is Ice Cube a was ahead of the game with that mm-hmm. thing because it's facts. Like they, I was watching the commercials for them, and they're like, first to fifty wins, first to twenty five is halftime. There's always a game winner. You always got to get to 50. There's always a game winner to watch. So, like, that's tight. They tested out the four-point spot. And, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was cool to see because it's it, you let all the guys that can still hoop but just can't hoop at that league level. Yeah. Mike Bibby, Amari Stoudemire. Joe Johnson. Uh, Joe Johnson was hooping. Corey, I watched that Corey line, bro. Corey McGetty turned up the league for the first year, too. Glenn Big Baby Davis, Nate Robinson, like, Hey, Rob can, can still dunk. He, can't box, box, uh, he cannot box though. That is <laughs> I watched uh I watched Joe Johnson live whenever they came to Kansas City. I took my dad up there. Bro. That was it's that cool. was yeah. It's and then cool seeing Dr. J up there it's like a the whole, coach hear Gary Payton trash talk from the sideline. Yeah. Like, it's it's a different experience. It's not gonna take away from any crowd. I think they should pair with the NBA in my opinion. It, it, they're not even doing it right now because of Corona, no, right? Because they, they can't even go to which China. Which I think is smart. Yeah. Like, they can't do a lot of their stuff and they need their in person sales because they're still a smaller league. Yeah. But, I mean, Ice Cube and they, them boys got the money to just bring it back up, hopefully. Because I'm excited. I want to go watch. Bro, I literally almost bought a jersey before everything went down. Mm-hmm. I almost went and bought a Lamar Odom. Um, I'm trying to remember what the team is like, the enemies. It was like it almost looked like the LA Clippers black jerseys. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it was, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was hard. Yeah, and, and and they bring in a lot of different guys. You get different guys from overseas. You have street ballers that have never touched an NBA court in your life. You've never heard of this man, and he's out here giving buckets to fifteen-year vets like Stephen Jackson. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I mean, it's just it's a really weird and it's a cool thing to watch. So, I mean. Sports it is definitely entertaining. I could definitely agree to that. Yeah, I think the like, I I can see why they want to do it. And like when when you think about it, like for people like me and Samari or somebody like you know just you two, uh, 
you take away that basketball for that week with no basketball, like, we're going to be bored because there's not going to be no sports to talk about. I mean, baseball's not even going on right now. They're going to go into training camp and stuff, but, like, it's just no sports. And, like, whatever happened with, whatever happened with Corona, like, it's just, I oh, don't know, bro. I'm not the biggest fan of it. But, I mean, it also will be in the peak of March Madness, too. So, I don't even I don't even know if that helps it out. At, at any. Yeah, that's something I was about to like, actually say. It's funny you said that. Because I was just looking at that. March Madness has already been, like, considerably. Uh, and they're doing it. They're doing, like, like, I think they're doing, like, in two locations. Or yeah, all yeah, trying to do two. Yeah. They're trying to do two, yeah. yeah. Because they're trying to bring it together for that one Game, it's weird, man. but it's weird. COVID is just something that changed everybody's life for sure. We're gonna have to live with it for years, man. It's gonna be at least three to four years before we get fully back to normal, if not longer, because it just keeps mutating itself. Well, it keeps mutating itself, and the people in this country just don't want to listen. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah, issue yeah. that I'm not trying to get into. Yeah, because we got music to talk about. Yeah, and I'm excited. Because I was trying to sit here and make this list of my top ten albums from last year, and I was struggling. <laughs> I've added six hey, albums. Sweat, I've added six albums to my Apple Music since I got here today. So, so I got some new stuff to listen to. I'm excited. I'm ready, man. You know, this is what this is what the people have been asking for. Mm-hmm. This is what the DMs I've gotten. People tagging me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. sliding up on my Snapchat. And here it is, man. Boys don't like a podcast. Why I am leading this right now for the music part you guys wanted to hear shay talk music with samari and owen and you got it so let's go man top 10 albums of 2020 with owen burke samari sanchez and ashe sanchez let's get in it owen you go first okay and then Um, we'll go to samari and i'll go last mine's not really super in order because it's it was tough to put the top five in order. Yeah. But I'm going to yeah. try to give it a little bit of order. So if it seems a little off, you're like, there's no way that I'll get about that. <laughs> Just know that I'm I sure put you, this is in the top ten. And I'm going to have a really different uh, opinion than y'all because I definitely— Everybody will. I don't listen to as much R&B. I probably don't listen to any R&B, really, yeah. compared to what y'all listen to. So mine's going to be a lot of rap. Mine's, mine is the mainstream perspective. This is what the average American thinks is what I'm going to think. Yeah. And then y'all know your music. We're going to get some deep stuff going. So um, at 10, my honorable mention, it's an alternative album. It's not rap. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Top 10 is top 10. All right. Well, I got, do I have, I might have honorable mention top nine. All right. Honorable mention. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Take us to my downfall by MGK. Um, It's a, it's a specific sound. But, like, for me, I've been listening to rap music the last 10 years, probably, almost strictly rap, probably the last, like, eight or nine years. Yeah. So, I mean, just strictly that genre. Like, maybe branching into R&B a little bit. I'll listen to, like, some classic rock, like Guns N' Roses and stuff. But, like, back in, like, 05, 06, 07, I was deep into, like, Puddle of Mud, Hinder, Nickelback, like, yeah. that type of mainstream. Hey, that era was at the great. Time. And that's what this hey. album reminds me of. That's yeah. why I love it so much. I've been playing it on repeat for days. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of misses on the album. I think all in all, like, I would give it a solid 8 or 9 out of 10 for me personally. Because it just brings back a lot of memories what, for me. What, needs, what does he have to do to get a 10? I don't know. Because I feel like it's going to be hard to I always ask again. people that question. What, what does he need to do for that album to be a 10? 
I feel like maybe getting a couple features, a couple extra features, like because the Halsey, the Halsey track absolutely kills. Yeah, uh, he has one on there with Trippy Red, which is solid. It's really weird because I mean Trippy Red in alternative rock music doesn't sound like it meshes well, but it does. Um, and then the one with Black Bear <laughs> is arguably the one that's the most popular. Yeah, that's the one that's mainstream the most. But like Black Bear, I think I know, he's, right? he's got yeah. his toes enough in the rap game where he can he can bring in like a rapper onto that song and, and kill, kill it. it. Yeah. Like him and him and Juice World on the song, I feel like it would be ridiculous. See, and this is the thing. Like I'm not saying that I hate it. I this is in in. I give people slack for this all the time. As a white person coming into the rap game, mm-hmm. you get criticized because they look at you and they're going to think, are you benefiting off a of rap to do your own thing in the long term? And the biggest prime example of that is oh, Post Malone. Yeah, and people hate that because they're like, you took what we what we gave you, basically, and you, you made your thing out of it and you go up. But the thing about Post is Post still puts great music out with rappers. With rappers. And like... It's not even that he went full like MGK did. He's really doing his own thing and just adding rappers onto and it. And it's I'm curious because MGK still had Trippy Red on here. Yeah. So we'll see what his next project looks like. If he's gonna go back to rap, are we yeah. sticking here? Is it gonna be a mix? Like I'm curious to see what he's gonna do next. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I just would hate that for him. But continue. Give me your thoughts. So uh, the next two, I haven't really listened to a ton, but it's two of them that I've added today that. You guys have pretty much sworn <laughs> by that they should be in somebody's top ten. Uh, Emergency tsunami, my nav, which I laughed when you told me that it should be top ten. But let's do it a couple times, or let's do a couple tracks. It's solid. And then I don't know how I haven't listened to YG's new album, My Life Four Hundred, that came out last year. But a lot of people, a lot of people did not like that for whatever reason. Didn't like that album. Yeah, I don't think I really even gave it a shot. Like I don't think I listened to That's it. That's the all. thing. A lot I of people think a lot of a lot of music a shot. Everybody let me, was let me in, tell you this. in the zone last year. When everybody dro- like future, you have when you drop an album every year, you have to be a future. You have to be a Drake. You have to be. You can not even a Drake. You have to be. You have to be an artist that people are okay with you dropping music. The baby hasn't reached that point in his life where he can just drop music consistently. Yeah. Go back. Future can do that. We've gotten two projects, three projects in a year from Future. We got a double album from Future in the same, same month. Yeah, yeah. Twenty seven. YG has not got to that status. No. You gave us the first album, My Crazy Life, right? And you go back and then you drop the next album. Okay, it's cool. Crazy. But you can't keep dropping albums every year. And that's the thing that people have to understand. Like you when you're when you're you have to know what you have. Yes, it's good for your fans. You could drop an EP or a tape, but like sometimes you gotta like it's so good to make your friends. Singles, yeah. That's where the money is. Or hop on the features. Yeah, exactly. It's what you got to do, bro. Because, like, it's just YG's not that person. And maybe to Samari. Coast, but not. Maybe to somebody who's, like, Samari, who's, like, open to listening to it. I love But he's not going to get that because it's not going to be. Nobody's going to go. I'm I'm just going to be real with you. Nobody's going to be out. Oh, I'm just going to go listen to this YG album that just came out. And I promise you that the same day that it dropped out, somebody else bigger drops. So that's why you forgot about it. Yeah. It just slipped under the, the map. But 
Go ahead. Um, at number eight on my list, I got Heaven or Hell by Don Tolliver. Uh, it's got a couple of knocks because they did use some old songs like Had Enough was on Jack Boys in 2019. But I really had to put that there because Euphoria, like that song alone, yeah, is just to me it's like an experience. Like I don't know that song it's just gets me. It's, 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 whenever he it's put a masterpiece, whenever Don cleared it for Kylie to put on her makeup thing, yeah, and like they used it, I, I was like, it's just Jeez. marketing, man. Yeah, but I'm, that's what Charles does best. That's what he and his boys do best. So uh, number seven, After Hours by The Weeknd. Um, I think really it should probably be around the top one or two spots. We all know how good The Weeknd is in that album. Like, And Blinding Lights is the exact same way. That is an experience. And I talked to you all while I think that song blowed up. I feel like it could fit in with that Black Panther album pretty well. I feel like that's the style and like the beat, the opening. It kind of reminds me of that album a little bit. I will say this. I agree with you, but... I think it's Mari's kind of like this on a certain way. Whenever we talk about music, mm-hmm. he kind of sticks to the older stuff of the person. Mm-hmm. I'm not that person because I'm all for progression in the artist. Mm-hmm. I'm all for you pro- progressing and getting better and this, this, and that. But I will say for the weekend, like this, even when he got to Beauty Behind the Madness, I was like, oh, he's trying to go the pop route. Like he's trying to, you know, do this yeah. thing. And I was happy for him because I was like, wow, like something different. Maybe the next album he'll go back to doing. R&B yeah. and like you kind of wish that he goes back to doing that and then like even on After Hours he gives you a couple songs where it's like that but that then like I, you have to forget that I keep on forgetting that he's strictly a pop artist now yeah, and he's making music for LA kids he's making hits and it's it's like it's just got to the point where it's probably never going to change. Because after Starboy, Starboy was one of the albums that was like, yeah, that's that, when he changed. I was that tester kid. He was he like, well, off. I went double platinum in three weeks. All right, let's go. Yeah. Now yeah. War came doing this. War yeah. Tour came out. Yup, it was raps. I'm keep doing this. <laughs> Starboy came out. It was it was raps. But. So number six on my list, I got a whole lot of red by Playboy Cardi. I mean. At first, I hated the song. I'm not going to lie. Like, I listened through it, and I was like, this Most is Most of the world did. I was like, what am I listening to? You know, I understand like, the goat. Yeah. <laughs> Went back, listened to it. It's definitely got a little bit of replayability in it. That's what allowed me to go back and listen to it. And I was like, New Neon was one of my favorites. Like, I played that song by itself. That's done for, me. For like a week, week or two straight. Shout out to Jake, because he put me on that song, too. He's the one that actually got me to go back and re-listen to it. Second time, he's like, I know you didn't like it, and he's like, I know I'm not the first one to really try to make somebody go back and listen to it. Because usually, when he hears something and it's bad, he's like, I'm never listening to that again. But he's like, Go listen to New Neon, (laughs) and then I turn around and went and listened to the whole album again, and I love it. So, all right, so like, just a piece on it. I was actually, I I was so we were talking to me and Samari, like, we were just talking about this last week, but. I wanted to be in Atlanta when it came out, mm-hmm. but I was actually at my grandma's in Memphis when it came out. Mm-hmm. I was with a couple of buddies. We were just like driving around, taking pictures and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, like when it first came out, I'm definitely not going to lie to you. I was like, what is this? Yeah. But then I was like, okay, I still like it. Like, I'm not going to say it's worse because like mm-hmm. I said, it's just Yeezus. It's just experimental album. Yeah. This is that. But I don't know, like, I don't know, like, I 
when I went back and looked, I can I can say that it's not in my top ten. It's honestly in my honorable mention. Mm-hmm. But when I go back and look at the rest of the albums I dropped last year, especially with me, I'm I'm a big production guy. Yeah. So like for taking a risk on an yeah. album, like I've just and that's the thing, like not to you know push it all, but that's the thing about me. Like when I look at an album now, I'm so much of a guru to who made this album, who was the engineer, who was the producer, who was the person that stacked the vocals. Because, like, people forget. There's people behind the scenes that make this rapper look good. Like, 21 is not having a, uh, a Savage Mode 2. 21 is like a top 10 artist in the game. When you put him with Metro, he is, like, two. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he, is, he is up there. There's like, so much that goes into an album that I mean, people forget. You that, know? that combo. You don't get that in general, though. That you know combo I mean? is something else. collab is all over. That's what we've already gotten. When you said Metro, I mean, there's... Doughboy and Southside. When's the last time you heard that? Well, not necessarily, you know, Southern friends of mine. I know y'all mm-hmm. listen to Doughboy, trust me. But, like, mm-hmm. how many people is going, okay, I know like who me. Doughboy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like yeah. it's I, not it's I not a thing. But you listen to the album, was like, yeah, okay, I see what you did there. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? There's a bunch of people. Zaytoven, he still went yeah. out, did his thing, collab albums. And you got to think about it from the fact that not even just those producers, bro. The producers got people that's helping them. Like the yeah. guy like the guy that died, I think, last year or the year before, that was Future's Engineer. That guy was so Oh, good, yeah, he was, a, he was a beast. It was a, it was an older, it was a bigger white dude. And he just, he was Jeez. so good at stacking his vocals and stuff. You can listen to that new mixtape with uh, Uzi and stuff and can listen to that. And listen to Savage Mode. I mean, not Savage Mode, but uh, Beast Mode. And just see the difference yeah. in, in the music, you know? True. But go ahead. My bad. Uh, number five on my list. I think I'm going to... I'm trying to put it in order as I go. So I'm going to probably drop... Uh, I'm going to drop Savage Mode 2 into the five spot. Mm-hmm. It's a low for me. I do love this album. Uh, I've recently stumbled back upon it again with the replayability. But all of Morgan Freeman's stuff on there is so fire. Like the producing yeah, to, get on the track, Ma- to get Morgan Freeman on an album is fire. The transferring from many men into the snitches and rats mm-hmm. interlude into snitches and rats itself is like that's to me that's another experience because the sample on many men where they bring in fifties vocals is so tough. And then you go in and you're like here's Morgan Freeman explaining the difference between a snitch and a rat. And then 21 comes back in on the beat, and then we get Snitches and Rats as a song. And like, I find myself that transition. I find myself at night sometimes thinking whenever I have my hallucinations of music. But I, have, I find myself thinking about who is who actually is my number one. Because I, I sit here and tell you guys that Mike Dean is my number one. Mm-hmm. But then I go back and I'm like, Pharrell is my number one. To me, Metro. And then I go back and then Metro is my number Metro's one. Metro is my It's always that three. It's always those yeah, three. Yeah, those bro, three are just. Because like, Pharrell is so good. He's bro. so talented. He's just so good. So, but then Mike Dean's talented. discography is this guy. It's Kanye. It's Kanye. It's, and Travis. it's always this guy. And then you go back, and it's like I'm not even a big Kanye fan. But when you go back and listen to Kanye's music, or when you go back and listen to Jay Z's music, you're like, wow, like you did such a good job. And especially that, like Travis is finally giving Mike his own like. Like, you can play a guitar at the end of my music and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. you can go more out and, you yeah. know, stack my vocals and stuff. Or if you go back and just look at Metro, like, what he's become. Metro's, just, like, Metro's progression 
Metro. And just it's the way that he <laughs> takes artists to a whole new level. Like, cause like I said, and there's a couple artists like Future's another one. Like, where you take him, you're like, yeah, he's like top fifteen, top ten, and then you stack with Metro, and it's like we're going to the moon. Like this is like Savage Mode, like the first album. First Savage Mode was absolutely disgusting, and it's that pairing. They work so well together, and on Not All Heroes Wear Capes, it was evident too. Like. Is that Metro's album? That was my favorite album. That was Metro and Travis's album. Yeah. Because even when Travis wasn't listed on the song, his vocals were on the song. Yeah. yeah because true. he was there and like they have Kodak Body on the album presence. and you have uh and you have presence. 21 on there. Like all those guys just work so well together. And I think Metro just Metro's that glue that holds it all together. Yeah. And he's not only the like for some he's the glue that holds it all together, and then for some reason that glue turns into helium and he takes some boys to the top. Like it's just, I feel like he elevates the artist that he works with. And that's where you take it from being a great producer to being but like see, top. That three. same way you just said that you got to think that's the same way with Pharrell. Pharrell, Pharrell gets the exact same thing. Pharrell yeah. got with Uzi and made neon guts. Yeah. That's yeah. an amazing that's song. Crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. That like, song is stupid. And he hit you with his uncensored antagonist, the dun, 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 uh, uh, like he made that. He made yeah. King Kuta for Kendrick, yeah. or was it King Kuta? It was one of the. Two. It was one of the ones on Tupac Butterfly. He made so many amazing songs, yeah. bro. He's going to try to work with Don Tolliver now. Like it's just Pharrell's the dog, bro. Yeah, he's a, an animal, man. But continue. I don't want to. Uh, at my four spot, I think I'll drop. I think I'll drop the Goat by Polo G in there. Those two are probably interchangeable at four and five. Okay. Like I said, uh, when Don't Stupid came out and it blew up on TikTok, that song was live and it was valid. Um, and if somebody would have told me when the album dropped that um, that song was going to be my least favorite out of the top seven tracks, I would have said you were crazy because I love that song. But the top seven on that album is absolutely You literally look it up, it's like... Five stars. Back yeah, to back to back. To back. Like, I, to me, it's like seven. Like, like I said, like, Go Stupid is, to me, it's not even one of my top five tracks anymore because 21, 33, uh, Martin and Gina, Don't Believe the Hype, The Go. The go like, yeah. that, that stretch is so elite to Just me. back to back to All back those top to back. Seven, <laughs> those top seven, I'm like, these nah, are, yeah, not for I don't even know which one's the best off the album. All, but it, it, so it goes all the way to 33. That's what I'm saying. 33, that's Scotty Pippen. That yeah. stretch is ridiculous. It's all that good up top. Yeah. So, But that's also why it falls at the fourth spot because it did taper off a little bit yeah. and it didn't carry through. But if it would have carried through 13 tracks, it would have been album of the year mm. if he went that hard all the way through. It's just a commercial yeah. version of him, though. I like it. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. I, I just, I love that Because style. people get mad at you and like, I was talking to my little brother. People get mad at you and they're like, you weren't here with Polo G since the beginning. But like, God, think about it. Listen to Polo G's first tape. Listen to this tape. This is two different Polo G's. Yeah. Look at Polo G now, what he's trying to get back to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's different. And I'm just here to support. I don't think it matters when I showed up. Yeah. Unless yeah. I show up now and I'm saying I'm a day one, but I'm not. Like, I listen yeah, But that's just fans in general. Yeah. Especially with especially yeah. with the like Chicago rap scene. Yeah. Like if you're not on their rap scene or the rapper for them, it's just like you're a bandwagon. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't have any problem. I've never had any problem with somebody that's gonna bandwagon, as long as you admit it. You're yeah. like, nah, I just showed up after you know, I just started listening to his music. <laughs> I feel bad though, because before that one, I think Dre showed us. Before that one, I wasn't really a big fan of Polo G. 
nor was I a big fan of Lil TJ. I still not a big fan of Lil TJ. No, Lil TJ. I I think him and Pop Smoke have their chemistry on tracks was different to me. Okay, Jim and they was DJ because yeah. they were so different, but they worked so well together. Yeah. So excluding that, yeah, I'm with you though. At three, um, it's another album that should probably be higher, but I'm dropping Alfredo in at three from uh, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. This is my first time I ever listened to Freddie Gibbs. Never listened to any of his music before this album. What an experience. I know. Oh my God. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> like, did I send you that one? Yeah, you did. Because yeah. we were like, this is album of the year. And I'm like, I have never even heard of either of these people. I was like, you talking about Alfredo. I don't even know. What, I don't even know what's going on right now. So I went through and listened to it. 1985 is probably my favorite opening track. When you get yeah, on, on, my turn is there. But like, I just, it's the guitar. I think, and it's, like his, the, I think it's his best project. But listen to Bandana. Yeah, yeah I need to go back. That is the one, but yeah. I do think that Alfredo is probably better. Um, I don't know. It's, it's up for debate. Yeah. But that's for another day. And I'm gonna, day. I'm gonna get a little bit of heat for this one too. But just personally, for me, I think my turn should be album of the year. But I'm gonna drop it in it too, just because I the replayability and how much I listen to Pop Smoke's album. Oh wow! Stars Aim for the Moon was just. It's unmatched. Yeah. Like, My Turn was probably my favorite song all year, but so Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon had the two, three, four, five spot on my favorite songs of the year list. That's valid. You know what I'm valid. saying? So, it's just like that, like that intro to Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon was so cinematic, bro. Like, you think about it, the guy came into the house, the guy, the, the whole group of guys killed him and they left. Mm-hmm. But he literally says in the song, I face my my killer face to face. I see my 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 what is it? My killer shoots me in the eye. I'm talking face to face, and it's like I've been a yeah. Like they dip, they got everything they needed from yeah. Pop. They killed him. They hop in the car and they dip. That's crazy. It's just cinematic how he talks about it. And, and like you go down to the song with the baby and little baby, and that's that's where you're like. The baby could be a star and flow on songs if he actually tried to flow on songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I dropped my turn into. Uh, I mean that. Album, I mean, Lil Baby was the best rapper all year. I mean, he was oh, the yeah. best rapper. So we can agree on that. Though. I don't think yeah, there's yeah. an yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for because, sure. Because no, well, Megan the Stallion won all these awards and she was the best rapper. I don't care. Year. I'm sorry. No disrespect. Yeah. She had a great year. I do like her style. I do think she's probably the best female rapper in the game. You know, I was watching. Uh, this is that's I was watching the thing though. I was watching the interview. Little baby said in the future, the baby, Megan and Roddy Rich are going to be the best rappers in the world. I think Roddy Rich has got some on the cover. Roddy Rich could be that. As much as I'm no, not a big Roddy Rich believer, year. he could be that. But not the baby and Megan because. The way that they make albums, bro. Your your albums have to. You have to have a, a lasting album. You have to have yeah. The baby's dropped like over five albums already, and only one stick like glue, and barely stick like glue. Uh, people think of baby on baby, and that's probably it. Kirk was only there because of his dad dying. And I was like, I liked Kirk a lot, but it was a lot of just. I mean, Megan. This track and this track and this track. On pivot to just keep making music consistently. I think that's what she's trying to do because she's already what, at that thing line. Like she's like, as long as I can consistently keep putting it out, it's gonna keep getting accepted. She, well, yeah, she has true. like women support I mean, women a, way more than men support men. So that's true. 
Which is that's a good thing though. That's a good thing. Like I'm happy for her, but like you gotta think about it. Megan has a song drop today. It's a TikTok hit. TikTok is pushing that song up. Without TikTok, it's not really gonna be much happening. Baby, just little baby's execution all yeah. 2020 was just well, it was it, he was everything. Really, yeah. Like we're talking about, he had an album of the year candidate. He probably should be a one on my list. He falls at two. He's probably top five, if not top three, on everybody else's list. And then his individual songs, like, uh, what's that single? Whoa. I literally had it down. What was one of the singles that came out for him? Um, for him, The Bigger Picture. Oh, The Bigger Picture. That song slaps. He killed that, all No, that, that solidified him, though. Yeah. For you to come out and drop a fire song about what's about going on what's with social injustice. Yeah. He, and he killed it. Yeah. He, he murdered that yeah. song. Yeah, it was so good. So... Uh, and then, like I said, for me, Shoot for the Stars and for the Moon is at one. Uh, because, I mean, I'd love to go back and look at the stats of how much I truly listen to that album. But you go from the intro to Aim for the Moon with Quavo. You have Lil Baby into Baby. And then you go to Gangsters, which is probably my favorite song on the album. I mean, and then Snitching, Make It Rain, The Woo is on there. Mood Swings, TJ. I was so hyped for that album, bro. Uh, this just... He's I'm, so talented. And then Got It On Me to end it. I just think that... I want to talk about cinematic. That, that yeah. album was so good. Me to Woo vibe too. Because people forget that that was last week. Last that year. was a year ago. Yeah. Literally. But I it just it. shows... People were like, why didn't he come like that on this album? Well, at this point, it's time for Pop to show you that he's versatile. Yeah. It's time for Pop to show you that he can sing. It's time for Pop to show you that he's an actual artist. artist. He's not a rapper. There's a very clear separation between the two. And exactly. people still don't get that. Yeah. It's 2021. There is a difference between a rapper and, and a and, artist. And not even just that. <laughs> You have to be able to get on slow tracks nowadays and rap. Not everything can be about um, and like speed as much as drill. As much as I hate like talking about him, he's actually one of the like he was Chief Keith is one of those guys that he died because he wasn't able to get on slow tracks like that. Nope. Drake's changed the game. Drake, Steph Curry, the game. Yep. You have to be able to sing. Yep. You have to be able to get on a slow track, and you have to be able to rap your. That's off. where. That's where. That's where. You gotta have to bring. There's the that Chicago scene still there though, because there's people like Dirk. Yeah. Who can do that? Literally, mm-hmm. that's yeah. why. But then call him you have voice. Dirk, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Herb's not doing that, and you can't really do that yeah. because his voice. Herb's got his. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> his voice is hella deep. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. That's my top ten. What you got, Sam? Um, well, I didn't think I was gonna ever get here. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, top ten of last year, definitely. I would say, and uh, in, in the year twenty twenty, I would definitely get it like an eight out of ten uh, overall, overall for music. Yeah, as a year. It was Let a me just put year, that man. put that the, out there. The only thing that sucks is it was sad. We had a lot. Oh of yeah, losses. a lot of lot of losses. But not even that. We were supposed to get. A Baby Team album last yep. year, yep. a Kendrick Lamar album last year, a yep. J. Cole album last year, a Drake album last year, all in the same year. A Rihanna album last year. Yeah, she's just not previewing R9 if you haven't and seen they that. they should be, they should all drop now. Yeah. I just saw on Twitter again that apparently there's confirmed reports uh, J. Cole and Kendrick working together, but I'll believe it when I hear it. Oh, yeah. It's not gonna happen. But when, go I, ahead. when I when I see the album on my phone, I'll believe it. That's what I'll say about that. Yes, man. Like what? It's 2021, 2015, that's seven years ago. Yeah. Bro, that, grief. We're getting old, man. That Black Friday <laughs> was so 
So sleepy. Okay, so um, I'll have a a clear, concise top ten. It's kind of like interchangeable, but what I did was I put ten and I put two that should have been top ten, and then I have my honorable mentions. So we'll go over the honorable mentions. Yeah, later. no, I'm just gonna go straight down my top ten first, but I just separated it like that because you know. But um, coming in at number one, I put my turn. Nope. This doesn't need any other than that. I mean, we talked baby, about it. He executed everything that he needed to do. He's he literally, he literally boy. let everybody, all competition who doubted him, try and drop first. They didn't do what he like what they said they would, except for Uzi. I'll give him his credit because he dropped it. What I think it was two and a half, maybe three weeks right before baby dropped, yeah. and he literally did it right before spring break, right before the pandemic. That was a chess move. That was perfect, and then. Double back the week and a half later with the deluxe. That was that was exquisite. He did numbers, literally. and then everyone was like, "Bro, this album is so good." And he did better numbers week two than he did week one. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah, everyone was like, "Bro, no, this album is something different." Like everybody needs to go listen to this right now. Yeah, like, it just was like I remember. Like I mean, I go to Kansas State University, and I remember coming out of class and like just listening to it all day long. Yeah, like yeah. I did not stop. I, I was on Facetime. I called my brother. I was like, bro, do you hear this? Like, <laughs> this man is running out. Who's really running out? But the biggest thing, I'll just say this in my closing for my turn. The biggest thing that I think that people didn't realize or really negate or or can negate, I should say, about that album is the fact that Lil Baby did that album solely for the fact to prove that he is literally going to take the crown for Atlanta and keep that keep that movement going. So a lot of people don't really understand how big that is, being that, I mean, where he's come from, the age that he's in, and in the, in the position and the tenure of his career that he's going to like last long. Like People don't understand how severe that is. So uh, my next album that I have that I think a lot of people probably listen to but didn't really like connect to, uh, Rich Slave by Young Dolph. Young Dolph has been a top five, top three artist probably since I was like, 13, like, I heard Preach in the back of a a school bus on the way to, (laughs) like, middle school, and it just changed my life, so, um, that album was really good, top to bottom, he dropped a deluxe this year, in, uh, like, the second, I think, maybe third week of January, still went, still went crazy, um, obviously, I think my favorite song probably from the deluxe would either be Obey Your Thirst or Scotch, but... I mean, amounts is the clear track that he put like put out to like stick out. I mean, it's solid for sure. But I mean, those are just my favorites from that. Um, the third, I have Alfredo. I love Freddie Gibbs. I mean, I remember thinking back now. Who thought I would say this out loud? Shout out to my old teacher, J Dub, Mr. Walters. He's a huge Freddie Gibbs fan. And I remember having this discussion with him in 2016. I'll never forget it. And I was, he, was, he was just telling me, like, yo, y'all don't know about Freddie Gibbs. He's going to be, like, something special in the future. And I was just like, Freddie Gibbs hasn't been good since he put out his first album. Because at that time, he wasn't really putting out music. He was doing, like, features here and there. But he lost he had lost his sound for that time being, so I thought. And yeah. here he is later. But um, Next, I have High Off Life Future. I think everybody probably knew that that would probably go higher for me. Like I said, it's kind of interchangeable for my top five. Kind of just depends on my mood. But yeah. that album is just ridiculous. Like, he really just 
proclaimed himself like the king, like of all trap. And there is, and the reason why I say that is because you have several different flows, several different opportunities to like put him in somewhere that he doesn't belong. I mean, he had him singing on here. He made a song literally about why he's so like toxic. Like it just, it just, he just blew my mind. Like everything about it, the production, the features, it just was a good album. The features the were, were something else on the album. Yeah. Like, Solitaire's of Travis Scott was, that yeah. was my first song on the album. And then, uh, the Young Boys actually, yeah, that, one of my that, that grew on me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That definitely grew on me because I had to actually like listen to the lyrics. Like the song itself kind of threw me off because I was just like, eh, whatever. Um, then I have uh, another collab ar- uh, album. It'd be Lulu. That'd be Conway the Machine and The Alchemist. Absolutely insane. I kid you not. I literally listened to this for like eight months straight. Like there was nothing I wanted to listen to other than this. So what you're saying is The Alchemist was just on one. Yeah, he's, he's, him, and, him, him and Hit Boy. Yeah, him and, and Harry Fraud. Oh man, there's okay. a bunch of I producers. I, I was just I forgot about the whole Nas album that came out last year. No, yeah, yeah. Hit Boy, be... Hit Boy changed Nas last year. Yeah. yeah, it was. It's probably a nine for music last year. It's so hard to come up with the top ten. There was so much good music that came out last year. Yeah, I'm gonna do this this weekend. Then I have. Uh, Pray for Paris. That's a uh, West Side Gun. Another one of the Griselda boys. That's another one I didn't listen to, but I need to go back. And absolutely, absolutely I was, insane. I've been lacking on my music. That one was him and Tyler Creator on there is really funny. Absolutely insane. Now, my personal preference, the my favorite song is the the Wale feature. Boy, oh my gosh, he just really just just wow. Um, next I have so help me God, two chains definitely. Definitely been a two chains fan for a long time. So yeah. that sound coming back and him going back to that more southern style roots of just I can rap on an R and B track. Absolutely love it. He's been doing it for years. He's gonna continue to do it. So that was definitely great to see him stepping out there. Another good album that a lot of people probably don't know about or even listen to was Only for Dolphins. That's Action Bronson. And man, he did his thing on that. Like that's a good pick. That's actually a good guy. Like, a lot of people didn't really tap into that, but, like, he really was just showing how versatile he is as a artist. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, it was crazy. I love that album. And then I have uh, Slime and B. Um, that's uh, that collab with Young Thug and Chris Brown. Two masterminds. Two just heavyweights in the musical industry going and collabing and just giving us a, a great piece of work. And then I have Dark Lane demo tape that a lot of people didn't, I guess, really, really? take advantage you, of. It, you put that on there? Yeah. I didn't even think you listened to that often. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, I listened to it for a while, but it was just like, I couldn't get enough of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for the standpoint, the reason why I put it on there, it's just, it literally previewed what he's about to do with Certified Lover Boy. Yeah. He's literally showing you, okay, I've done the rap, I've done the singing, I've done the pop hits, I've done collabs with other people to make them more, mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever the case may be. Let me ground myself and show you what I can do again with just tapping back into myself. Yeah. And he gave us that, and it just, the, the work obviously showed itself. I mean, numbers, like, 
went crazy. Um, outside of that, two other the, these are probably like all these albums. I probably would just give a straight ten out of ten for. Mm-hmm. The other two that I put on there that I that could rotate in for those last couple spots was um, Thug Love. That's Trouble. Shout out to Trouble. Big 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 appreciation for that album. He did his thing with that. And then Joji Nectar. That album. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, just fantastic! Like that—that that would be my my uh, top twenty of uh, top twenty, top ten of twenty twenty. I said that backwards. Top ten of twenty twenty. Yes, All right, sir. we're gonna go through mine and finish this thing out. Mm-hmm. All right, so Rolling. I think I think we all know my number one is. I think I said it. I think I put like a ray out on Twitter. Yeah, I put like a. Five yeah, weird, bro. Man, Amine. Amine, Limbo. Um, and people, you know, I, I had to, there was a couple people like, um, shout out, um, what's his face? Uh, DJ Double O Key, because we had to talk about it a couple weeks back. We had like a three hour talk about it. But um, I don't think people like, how do I explain this? I don't think people saw that coming. Like, this album... No, not at all. Nobody's seen this coming. This is the guy who made... uh, What was it? Caroline. Yeah. Like, you're... you're, This is the guy that gives you maybe two bops an album, and you're like, oh, my goodness, like... Considerably speaking, parody rap, honestly. Yeah, basically. And then, what was the the other song he had? Shine. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound like a diamond... Uh, and then like the, I just you don't really get this type of music from Amine. So for him to come up with this body of work, and it's like you wow. get, bro. I'm, I got it. I just I I love that album so much, bro. And I and it was in my top ten on my Apple Music for the albums that I played because it's just such a good album. I just can't get over that album, bro. Like he dropped a single after it, and then I was like. I can't listen to none of your other music because this album is just so you good. You set the standard like, very the high. Standard. That's how I felt with Future. And then he outdid himself. You come in with <laughs> Burden. He starts it off with the... Da, da, uh, uh, uh. You started off with Aretha Franklin. And then you go into Woodlawn. And then you go into Kobe. Where they give the Kobe... Uh, the Kobe... Like, they talk about Kobe. And I think... Uh, what's the guy's name? The Carmichael guy? The... Um, What's his name? He, he's on a he's on a TV show. He's a a, con, a comedian. His last sure. name Carmichael, I think. I'm not sure. I but I, you guys know what I'm talking about. It, it, his name is Carmichael, and he's on a he's a comedian. And uh, here, this guy, Jared Carmichael. Gotcha. Okay. He's talked the whole album. Like he, he's 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 talking. He's like the narrator, and then you go into Roots, and Roots has a Boy Wonder. All right, people don't understand this. When I'm talking about Boy Wonder, I'm talking about Boy Wonder, who is Drake's producer, Forty, who is Drake's engineer, yeah, Charlie Wilson, and Jid on a song, yeah, with a guy who's a no name. From Portland, Oregon. Who's a one-hit wonder from Portland, Oregon. Yes. With Caroline. Which is different. Like, bro. Yeah. 
I like, sat it down bro. on my phone. I haven't listened to it yet. I'm going to listen to it soon. Bro. I have six new albums on my phone that I have not listened to to go listen to. Wow. Let's go. I never knew that this guy was lacking on yeah, my music. Tap in. I gotta tap get around. Right. This man had this man was giving bars on a boy wonder beat, bruh. Yeah, he was talking. So like, oh my spirit. goodness. Okay, so then we go to Can't Decide. That's like one of the most uppity chaps. You go to compensating. You got a young thug verse. Young Thug says, I didn't even I guess the song, I guess Young Thug's verse was supposed to go on a gunner song, mm-hmm. and it so happened to fit. The that and T minus was like you can use it on your song. He gives it to him, and then Young Thug was like, "That's one of the best songs I've ever heard." Coming from Young Thug himself, then you get Shimmy. You got the ODB sample. You get the pause. uh, Pressure in my palms. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. When we get done with this, I gotta show you the breakdown. Oh my goodness! That's like one of the best breakdowns of the year. Yeah, you got Riri. Easy with Summer Walker. Then you go to Mama. You go to Becky. Mom with Becky with everything that was going on with social injustice. Like that was such a great uh, song. You go to Fetus with Injury Reserves. The drummer had just died the year before, so that was big. And then you go to My Reality. My Reality. Like that's such a great album, bro. It's such a great album um, from head to toe. That honestly, I would give it a ten, but. my second album is Alfredo, and I think that you guys both had it in yours. Honestly, Alfredo is a 10 for me, but it's not my number one just because how much I love that album. Yeah. And see, that's why our top 10s are always going to be influenced by us personally. That's yeah. why my term came in at two for me versus Shoof and Star. I just, I just think that Limbo had the the balance of R&B, rap, and... Loki music. had some alternative sound in yeah. as well, not to lie. Uh, number three, and this is going to be my number three, is Giveon Take Time. Um, I heard, I heard from I heard of Giveon in 2015, and then I didn't listen to him again until 2017 or 2018 when I met Bryce, and I knew, and I started listening to him again. And I was like, all right, never mind. And then I was like, he's just a, like another Sampha. Yeah, and then I kept listening to him, and then I uh, ran into again, of course, with the Chicago freestyle with Drake when that song dropped on my birthday. I was like, "Who is this guy?" And then I had listened to Heartbreak Anniversary, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, like this dude's voice is so good. And he's a baritone. Like you don't hear about baritones with deep voices like this yeah. having such an impact on the music." So like, I listened to that. Take time and. It dropped the week after, week before Samari's birthday, and I was like, "Wow, it's such a great album." Number five for me was "F the World" by Brent Fiaz. I think Brent Fiaz just speaks for himself on that. Um, and then out of, out of this is no order, but um, "Slime and B" was a uh, Young Thug and Chris Brown. Uh, Samari said that. I don't think you can really say anymore. You got two. Well, you have an all-time great, the best. Singer, the best R&B singer of our generation. I don't care what nobody's saying. Yeah. Chris Brown, yeah, and then a goat in uh, Young, Young Doug in the South for Mozart himself. You can't beat genius. that. And then, and it's not even like it's like Young Doug went into Chris Brown's world and kept going, like and and yeah. kept pace, yeah, and kept pace with, with in Chris Brown's world. Yeah, that's that's not unheard of. Uh, it's it's very very hard to keep up. 
Then you got my turn with little baby. I got my turn with little baby. She first starts name for the move. That's right. Rich slave, and then uh, I got savage mode too at the end. I think my honorable mentions was Thug Love by Trouble. I'm just a big Trouble fan in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him so much, and I, I found out about Trouble through uh, Young Thug. So that was big. Yeah, uh, sir. Party Mobile, Party Next Door. A lot of people gave that album slack. I'm a big party fan, and I think stupid. that. I think that he should get the, the, the respect that he deserves on that album. Like, you haven't gotten a party album in a long time. You're you're really going to sit here and tell me that that album was trash just because he took a couple years off. He gained weight, lost weight, made work, and was like, I'm about to drop an album. And you guys want to be mad at him? I got a whole lot of red in there. Director's Cut by Currency and Harry Fraud. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best albums that it probably should be on my top ten. Honestly, how much that album means to me. But uh, after that, "Time Served" by Moneybag Yo is also in there. I think that album was actually yeah. my number one album before Mime dropped, and then my turn dropped, and then I was like, okay, like it's slowly going out of my top ten. And uh, I watched. I I was that was only reason why that album even gets mentioned because that was the last performance I went to before Corona. Like <laughs> I learned about Pushaisty in there. I learned about Big Thirty. I watched both of them live. I've seen Boosie. I've seen so many people. I saw a little Yachty there. So it was big. But yeah, uh, I'm just looking at all the the music that I've added today. <laughs> I've added one single and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine albums. On yeah, you got a lot of time on your hands, bud. I better get to list. Get to the biggest say, thing, I didn't put, I didn't even hear him put them down, but Emergency Tsunami is That's amazing. I put it on mine. I put it on mine because that one track had me sold. Go ahead and say mentions. you guys his honorable mentions. Yeah, so my honorable mention was uh, I started off with Davies, Comma 3, from top to bottom. That was a great project. Oh, yeah, I, I just think at the time, you should have waited to put it out because it just was so much going on. So many different people dropped. And I don't think it like got the credit it should have gotten. That's the reason why I put it as an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. I also put Director's Cut... Currency, Harry Fraud and Currency is like Jordan and Pippen. Like they just never, they never miss. Like every collab, they've been collaborating together. I think, well, from you know streaming sites, I think technically it's 2017, but 2018 is really when they like kicked it up a notch. But I also have uh, ESTG. I don't feel nothing. If you haven't heard it, you're welcome. All right, I, I put you on. And just at me when you hear it, because I'm telling you, you was snapping. That's what you need when you got you gotta go get your swats in. Trust me, I got you. And then um, there was a lot. So this next artist, I'm gonna speak on him for a second. He does a lot of. Uh, he's from New York. He does a lot of collab tapes with, or not collabs tapes, but collaborations with Griselda and you know other New Yorkers and such. But Flea Lord. If you have not already heard him, you're welcome again. Another gem hidden right here on BDL. Unhidden, I should say. Um, Hand Me My Flowers. Out of all 12, he put out 12 albums last year. I'm talking one per month. Good Lord. And every single album is good from top to bottom. I'm talking, yes, Conway Features, West Side Gun, Benny the Butcher, the whole Griselda tape as a whole. Guy. You got to really tap in and just listen. 
and enjoy that for what it is. If you like your lyrical music, that's definitely somebody you need to tap into for sure. Um, and then I have Tsunami Warning. That's Nav and Wheezy. Spoke for itself. Absolutely amazing. Definitely would say a Nav's fit, like best Best album. Best. Oh, besides, Why? besides Why? perfect timing. Besides perfect timing, because Metro Metro turned him up big time. I don't time. even know if it was better. It's probably better it's, than perfect timing. Bro. I don't know. I think it's the long I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's debatable, but he has he has debatably Nav's best song with Modest on that. Yeah. Track. Yeah. Nice. I could I could give you that one, but um, next I had PTSD with G Herbo. A lot of people like that album. Oh, it's G Herbo. It's a new thing, but like. Didn't really understand the concept and like how deep that really was. Yeah. Uh, then I also had a uh, Robin season. That's I Square Vezo. A lot of people who are on just now getting on that Detroit scene. Man, you better get with it or get lost because they about to take off. They they're they, getting up there fast too. Like no 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 lie. Um. Then I had a letter to you, Trippy Red. A lot of people didn't understand where he was coming from with this album, but I mean, you got to think he's got out of a really, really, I'm not gonna, I can't speak for the man, so I'm not that person, but from the outside looking in, a very deeply, you know, intimate relationship with Coyle Lecrae. They broke up and he instantly put out this piece of work and it was just wow. And then my last thing, probably debatable. A lot of people probably didn't even give it a time of day to listen to, but if you do, you'll enjoy it. I, I put Juicy J, THC, The Hustle Continues. And he's been saying that slogan for years, literally, and he finally made an album to it. The production, insane, per usual. I mean, it's it's Juicy J. He's never going to have a bad beat. However, the features he had on there, Lil Baby, ASAP Rocky, you know, like, he really just tapped into a different realm that made him more of an artist as saying, oh, I'm Juicy J. I can just put whoever on a beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he really just showed his versatility and obviously his little Memphis legend at that. Yeah. Facts. Wow, facts. That, that, was, that was my honorable mention. Right I want to say something real quick. I'm going to actually take Brent Fires out of my top five. Ah. Put him in my honorable mentions. Because this album actually was really good to me. It's a uh, Wizkid Maiden Lagos. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite yeah. albums last year, man. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness, he I forget. Went, he like, went crazy. Wizkid is so talented. He is. I love all types of music, and with my stepdad being Haitian, like that's one of the biggest things that I pride myself on. Like, I give everything a listen, but. That album is really good. Now, if we're actually talking my overall number one album last year, alternative-wise, would be Amine. Then it'd be Afredo and Karugbin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know who that is. They're a band out of Houston. But, you know, that's it. Dude. Yeah, I like it, man. And it's solid. I didn't even put... Uh, I so, I mean, we're talking about albums here. I thought it'd be nice to give it because I mean there were some nice singles that came out too. So yeah. I kind of wanted to touch on that real quick because we talked about the bigger picture and that was a crazy. Scene. I don't think you can talk <laughs> about you can't talk about music in 2020 without mentioning that song. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to throw our top three singles in there because, like I said, there's no way we could sit here and have this hour and a half two hour conversation and not mention the bigger picture because no. it's just one of those things that you're just like, I mean, he did it again. You're just like he took something that. 
Shout out, shout out to all the people who try to make tracks about what was going on, though. Especially like it's tough to do, man. especially with people like um, yeah. Innocent Pack. Like he had a song, yeah. and he had Reason on there. He had Snoop on there. People talking their the mess. So it was rough. also I forget uh, Lil Boat Three, uh, Lil Yachty. Facts. It's all right Facts. here. It's all right here. So yeah, I, I can't. I forget the guy, but yeah. So I have the bigger picture on mine, and then uh, I have Laugh Now, Cry Later, because Dirk I wouldn't say crazy. it was a coming out party for Dirk, because, I mean, he was yeah. already out, but, like, he flowed so well with Drake on that song. And it was kind of like, when you heard when you heard that Drake was making a song with Dirk, it was like, huh? Yeah, yeah. you're like, how is this going to work? Yeah. And then it just, it meshed so well, and they killed it. And then one that I just heard, like, probably, like, last week, uh, Your Mind Still by Young Blue and Drake, too. Like, yeah, that's so I just hard. I just recently stumbled upon that song, and it's it been one of my favorites. It gets better with yeah. time. Yeah, it's a different... You have to be in the right mood to listen to that song, because it's definitely not something you want to pair up with some of these to listen yeah. to. But if you're in that type of mood, man, that song is Speaking nice. of leftover hidden gems, since we talked about alternative, I didn't even mention this. Shout out to Tame for finally giving me what I needed after like five years of waiting. But Tame and Paula definitely dropped the album last year. And man, I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. It's beautiful. Really great album. It's beautiful. I think I think what Tame's albums are, like with them and even with James Blake, their albums don't really hit whenever they first come out. But this album is going to be one of those albums in like 2023 and 2024 that you go back and you listen to. It's like what is this? It's this always in nostalgia. And I t- and I I literally listened to the whole like interview with Zane Lowe and Kevin Parker, mm-hmm. and Kevin Parker is just such a visionary. Like he knows that this album is going to be great whenever like it's all said and done. But shout out to them, and um, honorable mention too to the whole so icy summer with Gucci Man, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that album was like a coming out party for Pooh Shiesty, and you have to give that honorable mention because now. Who's running the game in Memphis right now? Pooh is. So I give my props to him and Money Back Yo. Um, my top three singles was Out of Time with uh, Bryson Tiller and Drake. I mean, that's just a song that we, that's just a collab that we've all been waiting for Bryson Tiller and Drake to drop. Uh, I did Cafeteria with Don T and Chase B. And then I did. Uh, Heartbreak Anniversary would give you. I think that was just one of my favorite songs of all. Damn. I went um, 24, Money Man and Lil Baby. That song, song is that's, that's the other thing about talking with Lil Baby being the best rapper. Of yeah. Because he did we had features. It albums. <laughs> we had, he had his own single with The Bigger Picture, and then he came in and he killed the features because that song was absolute fucking cash for a while. So. Yeah. And then. I did uh, a, probably a single lot. A lot of people even pay attention to, but Dead Man Walking, Two Chains in Future, it's an anthem for me. I used to bump that. I mean, I just was bumping it a week ago, going st- stupid, cleaning the house. But outside of that, a um, lot of people didn't really even pay attention to this or what Chief Keef is doing. But this year, when he does drop, because I know he's going to drop this year, he's going to prove it's, the proof is going to be in the pudding. And I had to say it on this live because I want y'all to know it's going to be something immaculate. But Chief Keefe has recently reinstated himself with Mike Will. And the last time that happened, he went triple platinum. So with that being said, uh, Bang Bang and Status both came out. Singles. Bang Bang was, so Bang Bang hard. was amazing. Bro. So hard. Like the way he just uses Chief Keefe's voice is crazy. Like, it compliments the beat so well. 
But yeah. But so I think we're we're gonna wrap it up here. Get to I the mean, end. if we want to take it back into sports for the last couple minutes here, I mean, I mean, I'm here to talk about whatever we want to talk about. I mean, I think one of the biggest things going on right now when it comes to the league is I'm curious to see what the draft's going to look like. What sport? For for the NFL going forward. Oh, yeah, because like, they can't That's, even... to me, got to be the top of the list of what's future events, what's yeah. coming up. Like I say, I feel like we could talk about that forever, though. I agree. It's going to be a tough co- topic to get into, but we'll go ahead and set it up now. We'll talk about it next week. Okay. But, I mean, the Jags, Urban Meyer's the new head coach. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is supposed to be the best quarterback prospect ever. He's one of the only six prospects on 24 7 mm-hmm. sports that's ever received the pure five star grade. And, um, which is ridiculous. But at the same time, Justin Fields was recruited by Urban Meyer to go to Ohio State in the first place. And he He's did not. play well in the, the system. He played well in not the. The title game itself, but the game before against was it Notre Dame? They played Notre Dame. Yeah. Or it was no. It was the second yeah. game when he threw four hundred fifty yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. And and then in the national title game, even he showed his toughness because remember he got rocked a couple times, and he had uh, I think they were talking about him having fractured ribs, and he was out there playing. And then you also have to factor in what Zach Wilson. What are they going to do? And then you got to look at the wide receiver situation. People are talking about Devonta Smith coming off the best receiving year that any any college wide receiver has ever had. And it's like he looks like somebody that you would play pickup ball with, yeah. and be like, "Yeah, but you also you have Winter Ryan. <laughs> like, also have Jalen Waddle, who people say is just as good. And then you have then you have Jamar Chase. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough at a lot of positions, but I mean, I think that I'm going to see how the actual combine like. Like, just in general, how that's going to be, like, going. Like, because with COVID and everything, and, like, the way they're going to have to separate everything, they can't even do, like, a mass pool of people. They're going to have to print. They did the pro days, and yeah. Trevor Lawrence killed it. Yeah, he did. He was dot. You know what's so sad? I want I want the best for college shots, but I personally, with my myself, I just feel like he's not going to do good in the league. Is he a senior or a junior? He's a senior. He could he and he could have came back for his fifth year, but he's going to the NFL. I would have came back for a fifth year, yeah. honestly. With with the other quarterbacks in this class, I would have came back for a fifth year. You would have shined because huh. yeah, I mean, you would have shined. Simple I'm curious that. to see where Kyle Pitts is going to go because I I don't want nobody wasting my boy's talent. That man is built different, but it's all he is a tight end. Mm, yeah. I granted, we could honestly probably put him at receiver. No wide receiver, just yeah. Let him go, yeah, but. So again, it's going to be another thing. A team's the right team has to get him because you go to the wrong situation and it's just it doesn't end well. And I mean that's the whole thing. Like people talk about, like, well, what if Patty went to the Bears? He might have sucked. I don't know. Yeah, you put him there instead of in Kansas City with Andy Reid. I mean, I think sitting behind Alex Smith helped him a lot. I think Andy Reid. I think he would have gotten to the level that he's at no matter what. But I think. Having Andy Reid and Alex Smith above him and all the weapons he had just accelerated the process. Yeah, I know. And we saw it right there. Because I knew he had the talent. The kid threw for 824 yards in a college football game and eight touchdowns. Those would both be NFL records by itself. Yeah. And people are like, well, they run the air raid offense to Texas Tech. His numbers are going to be inflated. Like, 
If he can throw 800 in air raid, he could throw 400 in a normal offense. Yeah. Cut his numbers in half. He's still there. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why it's one of my favorite times of the year because you truly get to see, I mean, it's the next generation of talent that comes in and it's all, uh, you have to have the perfect storm for the guy to take off immediately. There's very no few, cap. there's very few players that you could take it one, two, three, four to this team, that team or whatever. And they would still exceed like succeed. Deshaun Watson may have struggled if he would have got think, somewhere else. I think next one, we talk about the state of the NFL, but we also talk about the draft coming up. Yeah. That's, that's a big I'd thing. sit here talking about Because this, 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 this they're coming in, it's, it's hot. It's, it's a good stack of kids. And, and it's all it's all different because the number, the top two picks also have different head coaches. Now. But you got to think about it, which even with just with Bama's guys, like with Devontae Smith and this, this is, this is the last of our class. Mm-hmm. Of our, our graduating class, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy the amount of talent that we had with these guys, mm-hmm. bro. It's just everybody from here on out's younger than we are. Yeah, that's going to lead. That's what's so crazy to me. Yeah, is because we're finally the year. Like you see those rookies get drafted when you're 12, and you're like, man, that's crazy. And now we're sitting there. We're like, I'm talking about you guys. Zion, I'm talking about a kid. That man is two years younger than I am, but he's mm-hmm. he is 20 pounds heavier and also a foot taller than I am, and he can jump at 30 inches higher than. That's the thing about it. And then you have the ones like Jaw, who's like actually a year or two older than us, yeah. but smaller, mm-hmm. but can jump off the gym. It's weird. Freaking nature. Yeah. All right. So that is, this is going to be uh, the end, the conclusion of the Boys Don't Like podcast. Yeah. This is the pilot. So if the audio is not the best, so we didn't do something good. It's probably a little rougher on the edges. Yeah. I mean, but. It's very candid to say the least. Exactly. We we've, we've been planning it. Y'all been planning it for a while. I've been doing my own thing for a while. I mean, we just got together last to join week first. to put to put this all together and truly go here. So I'm excited with the direction we're going. I'm excited to see what we can do in the future. Clean some stuff up, and we're gonna be ready. We're gonna be rolling. Boys on light a podcast, man. Yes, sir. Ashe Sanchez, Samari Sanchez, Owen Burke. Yes, sir. Ski. We'll get back with you next week.